this evening. If you think about it for a long time, I'll ask the question, where would you rather be? I mean, where would you really rather be? I can't think of a better place than here. Let's ask God's blessing upon his word. Father, we're so thankful to be here. And Lord, we're more thankful that you're here. I pray that you'll help tonight, Lord, to open up your word. Lord, I pray that nothing will be seen. There'll be no boasting except boasting in you. Just pray that your blessing will be upon us tonight and upon your word. Lord, be with us. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you will, turn over to Second Samuel chapter 13. And we'll have a brief review. And we'll go through some characters and things like that. Um, and I want you to think about some things. Uh, a few things, you know. Uh, I I remember one time my brother made some fudge, and he uh, and he was you know he's younger than me, and I was young then, and he was a lot younger, but he liked doing that kind of stuff. And he didn't have the brown sugar, or didn't have enough brown sugar. He sub substituted it with just regular white sugar, so he had a lot of white sugar in it. It was very sweet, and I thought it was really good. And I ate some, and I thought, man, I really love this fudge. And just really almost couldn't put it down. And uh, and it's not that I put it down, but I put it back up. Uh, I got sick from it. And I thought I really loved peanut butter fudge. But we're going to talk about love tonight. We're going to talk about different types of love and how I hated that fudge after that. I didn't even want to, I didn't want anybody to even talk about. It. I didn't want them to spell it or anything. It was just it was terrible. But tonight I want to look at lies, lust, and deceit. And I thought we would look at the consequences of sin, but that'll be next time, uh, Lord willing, if he gives us a next time. But in review, Nathan had approached David about his sin with Bathsheba and having Uriah killed. And David, he confesses with a true repentant heart, and God forgives David. Yet the child that was born uh, of that sinful act dies. And, you know, as James says, he says that uh, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. But God blesses David and Bathsheba again uh, with another son, Solomon, or as it's as he's referred to also as Jedidiah. And now with God's blessing upon David, his sins forgiven. Remember, he had that great victory over the Ammonites, and he takes the city of Rabbah. Um, <clears throat> and then we get into the story here. And in this first section of chapter 13 we see three characters that we're going to look at tonight three main characters we're going to look at Absalom we're going to look at Tamar and we're going to look at Amnon now just so you know who's who because sometimes when we read through it you kind of have to look at it and read it a couple times and and see how are they related who's which one did what uh, but remember Am, uh, Absalom and Tamar are true brother and sisters they're from they have the same father and the same mother and then Amnon is their half-brother they have the same father which is David and also remember that Amnon is Prince Amnon or will be he is the next one to be he's next in line to be king but if you will turn over to 
1 uh, Corinthians chapter 13, <clears throat> you hear people talk about love all the time. And yet most people don't know what love is. Love and infatuation, uh, love just uh, 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 like the fudge, something that, that makes you happy. Uh, you know, uh, what do they call that? Uh, what do they call food that you eat? Not emotional food. Comfort, comfort food. Comfort food, thank you. Uh, and, that's, and that's sometimes the way certain things are. They're comfort or comfort loves. They're not a really a real love. They're just a comfort. But we look at here in chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, and verse 4 says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So we see that charity, true love, overlooks faults. You know, it's, it's, it's also it's thoughtful. There's so many things in this, in these things that we just read, but it says it's kind. I got thinking about, my wife makes my lunch every day. Do you know how many times she's made my lunch? I had to look at that. I started cal calculating, and I said, she's made my lunch over 5,000 times. You'd think I'd be bigger than I am, wouldn't you? But, you know, she's done that. And then I think about di uh, dinner time, supper time. It's, you know, it's even more than that because I'm at work. Well, I guess I could count the times at home, too. Anyway, it's a bunch of lunch that she has made for me. It's kind. True love is not envious. It does not push itself to the front. It's not proud. It doesn't act unseemly. Unseemly. How you would expect someone that loves you to act. Not easily provoked. You know, I've never gotten mad over my bread being smashed in my lunch. It may, mainly because it's my fault. You know, if I pack it, throw it in there in my bag and I set something on top of it, it's my fault. But, you know, you don't get mad over, you know, things like that. Thinketh no evil. It's not suspicious. You don't rejoice in sin. It does, you don't rejoice, but you do rejoice in the truth. It says, beareth all things. You know, I'm thankful my wife is, is beareth my shortcomings, my faults. It says, believeth all things. Now, when it says, believeth all things, that doesn't mean that you're stupid. You know, it doesn't mean when, when somebody comes home and, and, and whips up on you or comes in or doesn't come in and they say, well, you know, or they finally come in at 6 o'clock in the morning, they got alcohol all over their breath, and, and uh, they say, well, I, you know, I had to stay late for work. No, doesn't, that doesn't mean that. It just means that you're not suspicious, that, that, uh, but you don't have any reason to doubt uh, what somebody says. Hopeth all things. You're expecting the best. Endureth all things. That's what you said at your marriage vow, for better or for worse. But as we go through this section of chapter 13, I want you to think about love, because love is used here a bunch of times. But I'm going to ask you, is it Corinthians 13 love? And we'll see here many times it's not. But it says, And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister, a beautiful sister, whose name was Tamar, and Amnon 
the son of David loved her. Remember, half, half brother. David being the father, but a different mother. And Amnon was so vexed or frustrated uh, that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother, and Jonadab was a very subtle man. That's uh, interesting that to be a crafty person. That's not a characteristic that, you, that I would think many people would like to have. But you can remember who else we saw early on in Genesis that was very crafty, that being Satan. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? You look sick. Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. What kind of love is this? And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick, and when the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Ammon's house, and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Ammon's house, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan, and poured them out before him. But he refused to eat, and Amnon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made, and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come, lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. And I, whether shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, thou shalt be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise, be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. And he would not hearken unto her. Then he said, Then he called his servants that ministered unto him, and said, Put this out from me, and bolt the door. Put this thing, put this trash out of here. That word woman is added. But it's just it's just the disgust that he uses in the way he talks uh, about her. And she had a garment of divers colors upon her. For with such robes were the king's daughters that were virgins apparelled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garments of divers colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. 
And Absalom her brother said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Amnon's house. Let's ask God to bless again. Father, I do pray. Lord, as many times we get into the scripture and uh, there's tough things in it. And Lord, we know that that all of it's in there for our benefit, for our learning, uh, for correction, for reproof. I just pray that you'll help us with it this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here, we're told that Amnon loves his sister. He's sick. He's vexed. He's frustrated that he can't have her. Can't have his way with her. And I'll ask you, is there any of his thoughts of her Corinthians 13 thoughts is there any true love in this and of course the answer is no he doesn't want to court her he doesn't want to spend time with her he doesn't want to get to know her he doesn't want her to get to know him is marriage on his mind not at all not at all what he wanted to do was only to abuse her his conscience was even telling him you see that in that in in verse two it says Ammon thought it hard for him to do anything to her, so he was thinking about it. His conscience is telling him, no, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. He didn't care. He went on about it. So we see here that there's nothing in his thoughts that are good concerning his sister. And as I said, Ammon is prince or will be king it just seems that here from what we gather out of the word that he is just a spoiled brat you know that he's always gotten his way no matter what he wants he gets it but he's having a hard time taking his getting taking advantage of his sister Amnon's love was all about his love for himself it's a selfish love it's not the love that we read about in Corinthians what his love is saying I love me and I want you that was his thought of love this is not a love this is just strictly a lust you know I don't know if Amnon saw Tamar every day walking through the palace or from time to time he saw her but he was overcome by her he just could not get her off his mind he was tormented every time he saw her that he could not have her you know perhaps Ammonon had had always had his way uh, with a lot of other women uh, around there but he was unable to do that with Tamar she was protected you know Ammonon is in somewhat of a place of authority being the king's son and sometimes that's a terrible place to be in, a place of authority. Because many times when you're in a place of authority, you can abuse people. We see it at work. We have, we have uh, uh, trainings we have to go through uh, about that kind of stuff. So you see it, you see it in, uh, in the workplace. You see it uh, in church circles. You'll see it uh, in the home. You see abuse that goes on in a lot of different places. And he has no way of getting to her. 
Tamar is a forbidden fruit. You know, also, she took care of herself. She never put herself out in harm's way. She dressed, as we read, she dressed in the apparel of a virgin. She never went to any of Amnon's parties. So she never put her place, put herself in a place where she could be taken advantage of. And she was David's only lamb. I, I don't think she, he had any other daughters, did he? Yeah. I mean, that's the only one I've, that I, I'm aware of. So David's only lamb. Ooh. We'll talk about that next week a little bit. David's only lamb. I'm sure, as Nathan told him, some of the things that was going to happen in his household, when David finds out, when we look at it next week, David's going to find out. And I think the chapter 12 there is going to come back to him. It's going to come back in his mind what Nathan told him was going to happen. The child's going to die and there's going to be trouble in your family from now on. But we see here that uh, she was a woman of character. She never put herself in harm's way. But like I said, Amnon is so vexed for her. It's like a what will a drug addict do to get the drug? What will he do to get the drug? Anything, right, exactly. And that's where Amnon is at. He's gonna do anything to get Tamar, but he can't figure it out on his own. And I'm sure when, when uh, Jonadab came and looked at him and saw him, I'm sure he probably looked like a drug addict. You know, he probably hadn't been eaten you know, his face was probably sunken in somewhat because he just was overcome by this. He wanted Tamar so bad. But his cousin, Jonadab, was a very crafty person. As I said, not a characteristic that you want to have. But he says, hey, and he's kind of a Facebook type of guy. Seems like he always knows what's going on or always wants to know what's going on. But he says, hey, cousin, what's going on? You, know, you look bad. What's on your mind? And he tells him, he says, I love my sister Tamar. And I can never find a way to make things happen. Uh, you know, so I, we ask a question again. Is this a Corinthian 13 love? No, it's not. Jonadab is, uh, like I said, he's a crafty person, just like Satan. He says, hold on. You're the king's son. Nothing should be withheld from you. What do you mean a forbidden fruit? Uh-uh. Nothing should be forbidden from you. Think about it. He said, let me tell you what you need to do. You know, there we think about evil communications, corrupting good manners. You think about a uh, companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, you got to be careful about the advice that you get, the advice that you listen to. It almost sounds like Jezebel with Ahab. What do you mean? What are you pouting about? You're the king. You know, you deserve whatever you want. What, you want that vineyard? Well, go get it. You know, it's yours. You're the king. You deserve it. That's barroom advice. You know, you want free advice, free counsel, go down to the barroom. And 
Next week we'll talk about the consequences of barroom justice. But Jonadab tells him what to do. He said, pretend to be sick. And when your dad comes, ask him to send Tamar to cook for you. So David comes and Amnon deceives him and David sends Tamar to Amnon. Ouch, another pain. This sounds again too familiar. David, you sent for Bathsheba. You know, sometimes you listen to, to things and, and people speaking on the different chapters and all, and, uh, and somebody said, well, why would she go? Well, for one, her husband was fighting in a war. Somebody comes knocking on your door and says, hey, look, the captain wants to talk to you. I'm sure the first thing that's going to go in your mind, it's just speculation on my part, but, you know, most of the time, something that happens you know if I get a call at two o'clock in the morning I'm not thinking anything good about it you know so perhaps she was thinking oh my husband's been uh, he's been injured or maybe he's been killed I don't know like I said speculation but now David is part of this he has sent his daughter there you know it almost sounds like sending Uriah carrying that letter he was carrying his death execution letter with him you know, Tamar is sent to have what's going to happen is all of her lifelong dreams are going to be killed. Also, we see here that the character of Tamar, she's obedient to her father. She's a Proverbs 31 woman. She's the whole package. She's virtuous. She's valuable above rubies. She's trustworthy. She's industrious. She works with her hands. She's compassionate. She stretches her hands to the poor, to the needy. In this case, to the sick. Strength and honor is her clothing. And she shall rejoice in the time to come. Openeth her mouth with wisdom. And her tongue is the law of kindness. Tamar bakes these cakes. These are cakes of love. Is this a Corinthian love? Yes. She had compassion for her brother, her sick brother. She went there out of obedience from her for her father. You know, Amnon is there while she's cooking the food. She's baking the cakes. And, you know... You know how it is when you go into a restaurant or maybe a, a, a place where they've, they've got something that's cooking that just smells so good and you're thinking, man, I can't wait to eat that. Is that what's on Amnon's mind? Not at all. Not at all. His heart and his mind was full of lustful thoughts of what he was going to do to his sister. This sounds like Genesis 39 where Joseph, Potiphar's wife, she lusted after Joseph. Remember, she came to him day after day, and he refused her. And he told her that numerous times. You know, but one day she comes to him, and there's no men in the house. And that's what Amnon did here. He said, put all the men out. You know, why put them all out? Well, you put them out because... 
you don't want witnesses perhaps or more so maybe you didn't want anybody trying to defend Tamar but he says he says bring the food to to my chamber uh, since I'm too sick to sit up here and eat I need you to feed me is Tamar thinking no evil she's not expecting anything here is a woman that is doing as her father asked her to do she takes the cakes on a platter to Amnon's bedroom to feed him to help him Amnon grabs her and says come lie with me Tamar refuses and tries to reason with Amnon she says please don't destroy my life and my dreams and she says think of yourself and your future as the king think of us as God's people we, we don't do this kind of thing if you show no self control now how will you be respected enough to rule over these people you know Amnon could care less about taking of forbidden fruit didn't matter she was a wise woman in what she said to him but he wouldn't listen to any of it so Amnon has his way with her and now his love is replaced with a hatred for her is this a Corinthian 13 love no it's not No, as a poor example, if you've ever eaten anything, uh, particular food, and you've got food poisoning, and that'll make you to the point to where you will hate that food and never want it again. And that's a poor example, but this is such a greater offense here that he abuses her and then he hates her with such a passion. So cruel to treat her as he did and then have this hatred for her and then what does he say he says get out she says hold on she said this is worse than what you've already done to me what you're doing to me now putting me out in such a way and he said get out so being the coward that he is he tells his servants to put her out you know this is David's only lamb innocent lamb no fault could be placed on her even though you know how how the world is I'm sure people would still fault her they'll find something to fault her on she shouldn't have been there or some other foolishness but we saw that with Joseph Joseph was an honorable man he was trusted he even stated hey you know your your husband he trusts me I'm the greatest in this kingdom next to him that's how much he trusts me no I can't do this thing with you Fortunately, he was stronger than her, so she couldn't overcome him. So what did he do? He ran off. And then what happened? She gets accused. He gets accused of, of attacking her. So what happens? It got turned around, and he goes to jail. He goes to prison. But anyway, the coward that Amnon is, like I said, he says, throw this out. Doesn't even call her woman. He says, throw this out as if she was garbage or as, or as if she was uh, the aggressor. Treat her as a leper. And he says, and lock the door so she can't come in. She's after me. So lock the door. Amnon was a typical abuser. A typical. Look at a pattern of abusers. And 
If you look up the word abuser in, in the dictionary, you'll probably see Amnon's picture with it. That's how typical he is. But like I said, Joseph was put out into isolation in prison. She's put out. She has no time to gather up her composure. She has no time to recover from the assault. Just get out. So what does she do? She puts ashes on her head and, and leaves out of there crying. She says, this garment, my virgin garment, coat of, of many colors, she says, I can't wear this anymore. And she tears the garment of many colors. It no longer represents me. But she leaves crying just as a leper would go out say unclean unclean that's what she's saying as she leaves Absalom comforts her and he takes her in and Absalom says he's already made up his mind he says hey he's a brother I don't know if he was trying to hide save family face or whatever but he says don't worry about this just just let it go because he's already made up his mind he says Amnon's a dead man. I will kill him. Just as he had opportunity to abuse you, one of these days I'm going to have an opportunity and I will kill him. So Tamar remained desolate. All of her dreams of marrying a great godly man and raising children and having grandchildren, they were all killed. They were all dead. She would live out her life as a leper. <laughs> What's she going to sing? I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus. Jesus will hear. Jesus will comfort. Jesus is alone. You know, but that was her hope. That was her trust in living out her life. But, you know, in, in, in Genesis 39, where, where we read about Joseph, in that verse 21 of 39, he's thrown in jail. What does it say there? It says, but the Lord was with Joseph. What a blessing. And showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the Lord was with Tamar in that isolation, just as he was with Joseph in that prison. You know, in God's eyes, Tamar was still pure. You know, there in in Luke 16, as it talks about the rich man, you know what said that Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth the good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. That's the case of Amnon and Tamar. Amnon, you're going to be tormented for eternity. You know, we, we, we know for at least two years he went on and he didn't repent before he died. So we have no record that he ever repented. And, I, and she lived, I guess, quite a number of years after that, uh, you know, just desolate. But, you know, God comforted her through that hard time. And you know what? Tamar is rejoicing with her Lord and her Redeemer, and she always will be. How'd the, how'd the song go? Time for me will be no more. That would be a great thing when we don't ever have to wear these again. Time will be no more. Tamar is not worried about a clock, not worried about a watch. 
She's not worried about Ammon or anybody else coming to, to abuse her. She's with her Lord and her Redeemer. And the good thing is not that she's there with him now because she was in the palace for a long time. And somehow Ammon was still able to get to her, this, able to, to do something to deceive and get to her. But you know what? Nobody's going to touch her. Tamar is untouchable. She's with her Lord. She's with her Redeemer. Not just for now she's protected. She will be throughout her life rejoicing with her Lord and her Redeemer. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded from the fall. You know, those that have, have gone through tough things, go to Jesus. Jesus can help you. Jesus alone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, though it's a troubling section troubling section of your word you hide nothing Lord it's all for a reason all for a purpose and we're thankful for Tamar and her godly character and her Corinthian 13 love that she had for her father her Proverbs 31 character that she had and Lord, we're thankful for you, her Redeemer, Lord, that has comforted her during those desolate years and continues throughout eternity to comfort each and every one of us, Lord, those of your children. And we're just thankful for that. We pray, and we pray your blessings upon it. In Christ's name, amen.